Welcome to the Business Podcast, where we interview professionals across all industries. Hey, it's Simon. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Fabrizio Costa. He's an academic turned serial entrepreneur who's dedicated and enchanted by data science. Fabrizio, it's so nice to have you here. How are you today? I'm great. Uh, first of all, thank you very much, Ayman, uh, for the, the invitation to do the Honors podcast. It's, it's a pleasure. It's always good to do those podcasts and videocasts. So thank you. Absolutely. It's a pleasure as well. I always like to start off with this question, and that is, what is something you could share about yourself, either personally or professionally, that people can't easily find out by looking you up? Um, well, it's both personal and professional. When I was younger, I wanted to be, I think a lot of people at my, uh, age and my, my, I would say my age range now in the nineties wanted to be an astronaut because of the, the whole NASA and the, the spaceships, like the, the space, uh, the, the, the challenger uh, problem that happened and all of that, but but mainly because NASA was doing a lot of uh, construction with the International Space Station, uh, even though there was some some problems with the challenger disaster, but I, I liked uh, to to think about the space as a whole, the big things like the the Einstein's uh, uh, theory and astronomy but then uh times went time went by and i had a a teacher in in high school that was a very good biology teacher and when she gave me the genetics course i said that's what i want to do i want to understand the the small things not the big things so genetics like the, the genetic code the dna and everything that that makes life what it is so that's something that maybe is not in my bio or I gave some interviews that probably I said that but my major thing that I wanted to be when I grew up as a teenager or uh, before university was an astronaut which was a big step to go to the moon and stuff like that but now as you see I became uh, uh, an academic uh, with a PhD that turn, turned into an entrepreneur, a serial entrepreneur. So I changed my uh, perspective based on what happened in my professional and personal life. So, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. With that in mind, the career that you've created, what are you saying or what would you say are two pieces of wisdom that you could share from that experience so far? Well, two pieces of wisdom based on what I've been doing uh, for more than 20 years, both in academia and uh, in companies that I've built, companies that I've worked, like uh, the program that I was heading at Apple Incorporation for almost five years. Uh, the first uh, advice, the first wisdom would be uh, trust. 
confidence. Uh, when you are dealing with teams and people, when leading teams, or it could be a scientific project, it could be a technological project, it could be any, any type of, of construction or whatever, you have to trust in your boss or your, the, someone above you, and you have to trust in your team, uh, having, having confidence that they can deliver. So you have to choose well the team that you are leading. So trust the first one is the first one, and the other one I think goes um, side by side with trust, which is integrity and honesty. So I like in during my professional career I I've dealt with several type types of personalities, and I think uh, my personality I come from a, f a family that. I, that values a lot honesty, integrity, uh, trusting people. And I had some, some things that happened to me during my professional life, both in academia and as a serial entrepreneur that uh, got me thinking about those two things. A lot of trust in people that you are dealing with and uh, Honesty and integrity. Honesty in, in terms of like, let me give an example. Trust, you, you have to build with time. That's something very important. Uh, so it's not something that happens like in one minute. Uh, and it can be disassembled in one second, right? And integrity and honesty, I think those are things that are important because, for example, if you are leading a team, uh, the good news you, you give right away right but the bad news like things are not going well we don't have funding we have to find an investor or something it's not like we are not uh the, the money is not paying the salaries this month or in three months the bad news you have to be uh giving right away so you have to be good and honest in both ways in the good news and in the bad news so the pieces of advice or wisdom uh, as you can tell I think those two, two or three things are important trust and honesty and integrity I, I see as uh, the same thing thank you for sharing that it, it makes me curious about how that culminates given your academic background and um, another question I'd, I'd be curious about is what would you say is a major lesson that you've learned over the course of the last year? The last year? Hmm. Last year was a very complicated year, personally and professionally for me. So the pandemic came. It hit uh, the globe like since March. We are, like, we are going to April already. It's more than one year. And I think everybody in the globe was somehow affected, uh, independent on the the class. Like if you are a billionaire or if you are um, poor person, uh, of course it affects in different ways. So one lesson from last year that I've got, and I lost a cousin by COVID nineteen, a medical doctor in Brazil that was in the front lines uh, in the middle of the last year. I'm losing people right now close to my family, like 
uh, friends or friends or even uh, very close people. Uh, so I would say the lesson is we, and, and as a scientific guy that was in academia, and I just read a book about CRISPR-Cas9 and gene, gene editing and how they, they use all of this uh, information and technology that we have right now to develop the vaccines in a year um, for COVID-19. I think the, the, mo the, the biggest lesson right now is collaboration between humans to uh, somehow attack or to avoid pandemia like those that, that hit really hard the world. It's something that I never saw in my lifetime and even my dad and my mom. So after the Second World War or whatever, that's the biggest event that happened for humanity. So I think that, um, yeah, the speed that this happened was amazing. But nonetheless, it happened because we had the technology, we had the, the scientific knowledge. Uh, genomics was very important to understand the the. the DNA sequence of the virus. It's a, an RNA virus, but you had to convert to DNA to understand. So I think I, a collaboration between the scientific um, community as a whole, being in academia or even in pharma and big pharma and biotech companies like the AstraZeneca University of AstraZeneca University of Oxford, developing a vaccine was. Um, a big um, lesson from last year. So it, it shows us that we as a, a big uh, community as humans, we have to collaborate for the species. So we, we see, well, capitalism, and, and I, see, I saw that a lot in the academic system and even in, in entrepreneurship is all about competition. Who gets there first? Uh, who gets more money? Who gets a billionaire? Who gets to become a billionaire? But humans. So, so you see, I was I, I wrote a, a blog post about that, and Anthony Hopkins, the 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 biggest the, the big uh, actor, I think he's Australian or British. I I don't recall. Any correct correct me if I'm wrong. He said, "Well, look at this." We have all of the, these material things in a, a little nanoparticle, a little microbe can kill us all and end life uh, for humans in, in the world, uh, in, the, in the globe. So I think, uh, yeah, I think the biggest lesson is uh, humility. Be humble. We are nothing. Well, that's a really interesting way to, to put it. Looking back on your career, what would you say has been one of the biggest challenges? And perhaps you can share some, some takeaways from that. The biggest challenge for me is dealing with people. Different personalities, people with different backgrounds. I, I think it's awesome that you have a, a diverse team, but the egos, the like people that wants to appear more than others when you were leading a team when i was the ceo of the company that i co-founded so when you were leading a team of 50 people or in the apple 
program that I had, like you have like 200 people under your umbrella. So deal with people is the most challenging thing uh, ever, I think. In any, any place, academic places, which the ego is, is the highest in the world. Like if you are in Harvard, for example, everybody wants to be the best. If you are a startup and you are the CEO of that startup, you want to raise the most money you can to become a, one of the biggest. Uh, so I think um, mainly dealing with people. And the second um, thing would be communication. So communication is key to anything. Business, scientific communication between teams, especially when, when you are collaborating. So I would say dealing with people is tough. And in terms of your career and the projects you've worked on, the projects you're working on now, what would you say has been an inflection point where you saw from that point onward, it would be a game changer for what you're doing, what you're pursuing? Well, my game changer in my professional career, uh, Eamon, uh, was uh, the change that I, I've done in the past, from going from academia, being at Harvard for two years as a postdoctoral uh, training uh, uh, or postdoctoral uh, degree, uh, becoming a serial entrepreneur. So even though there are several parallels, I think was a big change that I've done in my professional career. I have to uh, learn a lot of things, new things like business that you don't have in when you do a PhD in science or you have a background in science, like I have a bachelor's in science, a PhD in science in uh, focusing cancer biology or genomics of cancer. So I think uh, I had to learn on the go how to deal with people, how to um, uh, business plan, MVPs, uh, market analysis, all of the business related things. So I think this was one of my biggest uh, game changers that, I, that happened in my professional career. And I had to adapt, I had to learn a lot and was I was fulfilling in some aspects. Uh, I learned a lot. I did uh, MBA-ish when the company that I was the CEO and co-founder was accelerated by Startup Health Academy based in New York. They, they get the CEOs and they, they get equity in the company and they accelerate and they go get you into investor relations conferences. And that's how I got in contact with Apple and got into their program as a head uh, of their inter developers international training program. So a game changer for me was transitioning from academia to becoming an entrepreneur. Even though there are several parallels, a lot of competition in both places was a game changer. And, you know, that's a really unique story, given uh, your, your academic background. Can you speak a little bit about uh, your first venture, your first uh, organization and 
yeah. what what sparked you to to jump into it? What was the thesis or the the background, and what was the product or service? Sure. So, as a serial entrepreneur, I have under my like portfolio four companies that I started. Um, I would say two were big failures, and uh, one was a big success, and one was so so. The first one was when I was doing my PhD in Sao Paulo, Brazil, the University of Sao Paulo with the Ludwig Institute for Cancer Research. And me and two other PhDs, uh, we had this idea of trying to combine our expertise, different expertise. And there was a big lack of scientific communication. Now uh, we see how important it is because of the coronavirus. Everybody knows why it's important to know about biology, why viruses can kill, like the COVID-19, the microbiology of the, the, all of the microbes that are in the air or come from animals or they, they can come from like the, the Amazon or any, any place. Like they, they, they can come from uh, monkeys or bats or whatever. So... Our idea was to bring to um, schools, high schools, or even other universities with the background that we had to grad undergrad students, uh, scientific communication, what was going on in terms of, at that time, the, the whole uh, human genome project was ongoing. So bring to them the outcomes that could come with the human genome project in terms of treatment of diseases like cancer, diabetes, uh, complex diseases like those Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and even specific rare genetic disease. So that was a failure because nobody wanted to know about um, science at that time. They were more focused, especially the high school kids. Like in the US, they, they do the, the GPA or GDE, I, GED, I, I don't recall, to go into the university and get a score. In Brazil, we have the same thing. It's called uh, vestibulize. It's a test that you do to, to go into the best universities. So they were very focused on that. That was the goal. They didn't care about science. So it was a big failure. We got no client. We got one client or two and and we gave up. The second one was um, Genomic Enterprise that I have until today. is a consultancy company, just me, that I do. Um, and I've been doing consultancy since I finished my postdoctoral training at Harvard. So 2007, we are talking like 15 years probably. And the other one was Data Geno was a big success. Uh, the other one was a failure too, um, but I think, uh, yes, the, the first one was trying to bring scientific communication, like what we do in the lab, what's important for general people to know that now is important. Everybody keeps asking questions like, why this virus is killing everybody? What's going on in the beginning, right? Now everybody knows a little bit more. You have to wear a mask. We had to get vaccinated, how the vaccine work, vaccines work. And in the beginning, it's funny and it's interesting because my whole family back in Brazil and even people that I know in the U.S. that are not from the field, they kept asking me questions because of my science background. 
about microbes and why this and why that? Can I do this? Can I, why, why can't I do that? So I think uh, it's pushing a lot of the science into the general population. Why science is important? Why you have to uh, give grants to scientific uh, uh, groups to do research? So especially in microbes, in, in viruses or any other uh, like microbes that could be um, a big deal in, in killing humans, right? So I think, yeah, I think that, that I think in, in, in a nutshell, that's, that's the first thing that we tried to do like 20 years ago, it didn't work, almost 20 years ago. I think now as a consultancy, if general people is more interested in knowing what the labs are doing, you know? Yeah, most definitely. And thanks for sharing that. Uh, you know, it's interesting that you, you mentioned uh, your your background and how it's relevant to what's been going on currently. Are there any insights that you find yourself sharing with people that is not also known to the general public or readily available that could be beneficial for, for health reasons? Uh, you, know, you mean best advice in terms of what's going on with the vaccines, the, 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 the COVID-19 pandemic or in yes. general? Yes. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, wear a mask. Um, I was doing uh, an analysis the other day because my mother is very scared. She has a condition and she, she's always asking me questions. And uh, wear a N95 or FFP2 mask. So the test that you can do, you, you put a mask, it could, it could be like a fabric mask. You put a mask and you have like, a, you have like uh, something that you can blow uh, like fire, for example. If it doesn't, uh, the fire is still on, the, the air is not coming out or getting in. So the, that's the best te- test. Even though you get vaccinated, I see a lot of people getting like one third of the population of the U.S., and I see in other countries, people getting vaccinated, the first dose and the second dose. It's not that you got vaccinated, that you don't need to wear a mask anymore. That's, that has to be clear. And what we are seeing a lot, and I have uh, some friends that are doctors, medical doctors, is the long COVID uh, diseases that are happening with people that got COVID-19 last year or even uh, recently like uh, fatigue and headaches and uh, several weird things, even in children, like some strange syndromes that are happening. And, but I think those thing need, things need more research. We really don't know because the virus itself, interestingly, the virus itself doesn't kill the person. What kills the person is what the virus causes to the the lungs, not just the lungs, the heart and other uh, organs that it has receptors that it attach and, and kill the cells. And uh, what kills the person is what, what comes next, pneumonia, sepsis. So the cause of that is not the virus itself. When you see the, the, the obituary or something that doctor writes, the person dies of respiratory uh, problems or cardiac arrest because of the pneumonia, because of the sepsis. 
So that comes after the virus like destroyed all of the, the, the lungs or any other organs. So the virus is just, um, or the, the immune system uh, becomes very active and destroy. It's like, like an autoimmune disease kind of uh, thing. So I think the best advice is to uh, places that are not locked down, take care of yourself. Don't go to the supermarket, your supermarkets with your kids. Stay at home. Um, I see a lot of uh, places that are not 100% in lockdown. Uh, people get, and, and the most important thing doesn't mean that you got vaccinated, even with the second dose, that you don't need the mask anymore. I think we probably this year and next year, we still have to recover um, with, with some restrictions. Yes. Thank you for that insight and, uh, you know, the, that knowledge that you have from being an expert in the field. Um, with that in mind, um, if we flip the conversation to the very other end, right, what's actually getting you excited lately, perhaps with your ventures, new knowledge, new, new projects, what's getting you excited? Well, I think I, we are in an in in era right now that is basically moved by information, data, everywhere. So what gets me really excited, like you just told me in the, in the, in the beginning of our videocast or podcast, uh, depending where you are listening, is um, data science, big data analytics, predictive analytics, and in any sector right now, everything is basically collecting data, analyzing, doing the metrics, and data visualization is very important. So healthcare, logistics, finance, everything you see, e-commerce, you see those companies in the lockdowns in the COVID-19 last year, and still this year, the big company, and you know, the big league ones are killing, uh, quote, the small ones with the e-commerce. So with the big data analytics and all of the things that go in social media, I'm not naming, naming uh, companies right now, but everybody knows who they are. So I think big data analytics is the next, is it, it, already happening, but it's the next revolution. Yeah, certainly. It's going to make decision-making much more accurate and more yes. effective for the outcomes we're looking to achieve. And, and now, uh, sorry to, to cut you off. Now, uh, beyond data science, it comes AI, artificial intelligence, which is very connected. So machine learning, natural language processing, deep learning. I, then you, you see blockchain, you see Bitcoin, you see all of those uh, like things related to finance, like Bitcoin being a digital currency. So I think things are, well, if you use those things for the better, well, for, for, to, to, in, to increase, uh, to, to increase the, uh, I would say, uh, quality of life of people in general, that's good. But we see a lot of people using the, those tools for the bad, uh, bad side, right, of, of things. So, so I think we have, and I was talking to somebody the other day, we have to have 
guidelines and I see a lot of movements of people dealing with data science and AI to have a guideline of best practices in this area. So I think it's important to have that. It certainly is. I mean, the the advent of technology, not only can you make informed decisions, but you can design systems that will analyze it and actually make the decision for you yes. uh, to such a degree of efficacy that uh, it would it would be nearly impossible for you to do it manually or yourself. So it's, and, and, it's I, and I think the, the the it's not that machines will take over. I think that this well data visualization is key. The decision makers in the in the end is, is going to be human. Uh, they are going to be humans. But the whole back end of the process is going to be very is going to be faster, and it's going to increase the velocity, the speed, and accelerate a lot of things as we saw last year. And I think we are going to come out well. We have always have to see the positive. Uh, looking at the negative things, the pandemia was a bad thing that happened. A lot of people died and are dying still. The vaccine was a breakthrough. In one year, we did whatever takes almost a decade, 10 years. But I think we have to be um, uh, careful because the, 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 in the end, who, we are, who are the decision makers are humans based on the data that they gathered, analyzed, and visualized, right? So just to close this data science part, I think it's very important to make sure like some people are telling, oh, the machines are going to take the world. I don't think that's the case. Certainly. With that in mind, what's some of the best advice you've ever received? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh. Well, the best advice could be a cliche, but the best advice I received is from my dad, which is my best mentor. I see in your questions here, in your um, list of things that we can talk, I think the best mentor I had, even though we had some differences because of the the generations, I think one thing that he always told me is you have you, you have always to be looking when you are dealing with somebody like a business person or even a friend or um, companion or a partner, you have to always look, is this person telling me uh, the same thing that she or he is doing? If there is a parallel, so the things are aligned, it's good. If the person is telling you something and doing something else, that's bad. That's not a trustful person, right? So I think the best advice is um, if the person is not doing what she or he is telling you, something's wrong. I have not heard that put in that way in a very long time. That's really unique. And uh, thanks, you know, to thanks, answer that, that question. Thanks, Dad. Thanks, Salvador Costa, my dad. Yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh so you did mention that your father uh, has been one of your biggest mentors. Uh, what's what's some of the advice you received from him recently and how has it impacted you? Well, we have our differences. Uh, like I've, I've said, he's from another generation. But one thing that he always told me, and I never thought about it 
when I was in academia doing my PhD or even my bachelor's, he, he's a project manager. He has a PMP certificate. So he always dealt with uh, managing people. He always told me to study a lot, uh, project management, how to deal with people, everything that we are talking here. And I, I never thought about it because scientists, they are not, they, they, they are, they don't get any disciplines or they are not trained to be managers. Like they are horrible managers with finances, with people, they, they don't deal well with people. Well, a lot of them are geniuses. So uh, they are very, uh, in terms of social life, they are very uh, isolated sometimes because, well, uh, they are geniuses sometimes, but my dad always told me you had to get this PMP certificate. You had to go to PMI, you had to study Scrum, Agile, which is something very important right now in IT information technology because he always dealt with uh, systems analysis and, and hardware and connecting like IT things and doing a big project. So now I, I take a bow to, to what he told me because I think it's important. And now I'm getting all of the, I, 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 this, I did this, I learned on the go, I, I learned by doing, but now I'm, I'm preparing to take my uh, PMP certificate and doing a lot of scrum uh, te uh, tests and training. So, yeah. Wow, so even though you went your own path, you found a way to, in, in some ways, follow in your father's footsteps to well, yeah, delve after, deeper into your path. Yeah. After two decades of a lot of uh, him talking, and, oh, and one thing that he always told me in the past, and now I see that he was, he was telling something important, but, but I, I was taking a lot, I, I, I was uh, checking this, I was very aligned with this, is he always told me the next, the next revolution is gonna be information, it's gonna be data uh, from, from the things that are happening. We're talking early 2000s and now. So you, co you compare 20 years, there's a huge, like all of the social media, media that came out, even in genomics, like in science in general, the data that we, you, you can collect because the IT, the hardware, the speed of the, the Wi-Fi, the, 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 the internet, everything increased like crazy. So now, now I think um, I give him a lot of uh, credit for that. Well, he was definitely uh, on the cusp of what was going to happen. So that's phenomenal. Uh, what would you say is a habit of yours that contributes to you and your success or you being fully focused on what you're doing? That's something that I started doing uh, two, three years ago. With, I had some issues in my personal life, professional life, some things that happened, even the pandemic, right? And I, I would say, independent on your religion, everybody that is listening, I, I, I was raised Catholic, Catholic uh, Christian, uh, but I never, I started going to church when I was young, but becoming a scientist, I became a little atheistic, right? But then three years ago, I started learning and reading a lot about Buddhism and meditation and 
mindfulness and uh, now I started to meditate and I meditate every day. So I, I'm reading a lot, a lot about, about um, well, free advertising for Dalai Lama, a lot about Dalai Lama and the whole um, uh, way of Tibetan, Tibetan life and uh, detached from material things. So I'm, I changed a lot my life. I was very money driven and now I'm very, um, I was very anxious all the time. I was very uh, on the, I would say, uh, uh, they, they say they say now in the autopilot mode, right? Always doing something. Now I think first, I like to meditate at least half an hour, one hour a day. So the best, uh, uh, the daily habit that I have now is to meditate. That helps me to clear my mind. I'm not saying that I'm the, the meditator, the, the, the master of it, but I'm learning a lot. And I think it's good to clear your mind most of the time. Yeah, that's phenomenal. How do you like to meditate? What is your, what is your routine? Well, I wake up. First thing that I do is to, um, before even eating, uh, I'm going to say some crazy habits. I take a, a lime with water, no sugar, in, in, uh, without eating anything. And then I sit down in the meditation position. I put my ear pods and I place in a meditation song even spot either in, I, I don't know if I can tell any company, but in, in any streaming uh, that I have or even YouTube and I stay half an hour, one hour, like just trying to, even though the, the mind can't, dis, can't disconnect, sometimes you have problems in your mind, at least you can relax and feel your breath. So that's the idea of meditation. Oh, that sounds really good. Lime water, and some calming music to to start off the day. That sounds like and a then, good, yeah, and then start. I go have my breakfast, my coffee, and or anything that I want to eat. So, yes, very good. And for people who want to do what you do, uh, delving into entrepreneurship, delving into the categories of academia that you have, what would you recommend they do? And we're talking <clears throat> about individuals who are probably starting off their career and contemplating going into graduate school or jumping into a career and starting something? Well, to start a business, right? That's your question. Yeah. Have an idea. Well, you can have the best idea in the world. Um, well, there are two things that I want to say about that. that are important that I've been reading a lot. It's not the idea that gets the investor, um, uh, money investors money or attention uh is the passion if you are a very very passionate person that wants to su succeed with integrity and honesty not like like throwing somebody uh in the ground i think independent on the idea you can have a first idea that is not that good but the investors get impressed with the passion of the person. The second thing is, if the idea doesn't work, you can pivot, pivot and go some, do something different. But 
something is gonna at some point uh, be successful. The other suggestion is go with your guts. Um, most of the times that I felt that that's not a good deal or that's uh, something was deep inside me telling me don't do this. I was 100% sure. So sometimes your guts, by guts, I mean your like feeling like uh, butterflies in the stomach or whatever is like dating somebody, right? When you get into uh, investing, somebody investing in your stuff, getting equity or even becoming a co-founder, uh, it's like dating. You, you are in a society, you, you are together for a while doing something. So you have to or complement each other or be well with each other for a while, deal with the bad things and the good things. So it's like starting to date somebody. So if you see in the first day that is not doing well, yeah, that's, that's bad. So the gut feeling tells a lot, especially in my case. I don't know other people. Certainly. And in terms of a business tool that you use, an application that you appreciate or, or some kind of website, uh, what do you find yourself using the most for your current projects? Well, can I say names? Like, can I name companies here? Yeah, certainly. Yeah, okay. Slack, it's an agile a tool for project management. Common Flow, it's uh, another one for uh, Scrum, agile. I think, um, yeah, uh, I like Slack. I like, uh, um, I like uh, well, GitHub was bought by Microsoft, but GitHub is important for coders. In the Apple, um, we used a lot of methodologies that they have that I can disclose. One of them, uh, pardon me, is called uh, CBL. Sure, challenge, and what's that? Challenge-based challenge learning. You have a challenge or PBL, problem-based learning. You have a problem. And the students, the, 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 the teams that three to five students or people they have to build an app to as a solution to that problem or to that challenge. So they use a lot of CBL and PBL. Uh, Google uses uh, OKRs, which is objective key results as a tool. There are several softwares that can deal with that. And Amazon, since I can name names of companies, use STAR, Situation Test Action Results. So those are methodologies and tools that have softwares attached to them that they can measure using metrics, how the things are going, right? Sprints are important for Scrum and Agile. You do sprints of uh, either one week or four weeks to evaluate how things are going. If you are dealing with a developing, uh, developing developers or developing team, uh, yeah, I think basically, well, everybody uses Slack right now and Kanban Flow. There are several, several other apps or software that can, uh, can be good uh, for uh, agile project management. Yes, some of those that you named I haven't heard of before, so it's definitely worth looking into. And uh, thanks for sharing those methodologies. Um, I like to ask this question, and I think you kind of answered it in the beginning. You know, if you can go back in time and change what you're doing entirely, 
but you have all the knowledge that you have now, what would you do? And when I asked that, I think maybe you'd, you'd go and pursue being an astronaut, but maybe, maybe no, I'm no. wrong. Well, who knows? Elon Musk can, can, uh, can uh, ask me if, if I want to get a, get a lift in his uh, spaceship. Or even <laughs> yeah. Business, like right. For uh, sure. But that's not the case. I, I don't have like million, $2 million to pay for a trip like that. Anyway, I think with time, the, the prices are going to decrease. It's amazing what, what just, just a quote, just, just a parenthesis. It's amazing what Elon Musk was able to do with, with space uh, travel. Bezos, too, with their money. Um, they are putting demand on sky, on, in, the, in the International Space Station and probably soon in the moon, the Mars. Mars, I don't know for sure. But what I could be, well, if I decide to do something else, let me see. Uh, it's funny. I was talking to my girlfriend about that. And uh, um, it's amazing how people can get a lot of money easily in social media right now, especially Instagram, right? So I don't really know if all of my knowledge right now, maybe an influencer, or a YouTuber, I don't know. It's funny oh, to okay. say that, right? But I see kids getting like tons of money doing advertising for clothes. It's crazy. I know it's something that is gonna. It's not stable. It's something that is very unstable. But just showing how crazy the world is right now. Somebody can post a post if they have like hundreds of million, like. If they have like hundreds of thousands of followers in Instagram or TikTok or whatever, one of those apps, um, Snapshot, I don't know, and uh, they can get uh, five, ten thousand dollars in one post, right? For a company or for advertising something, uh, it's crazy. Like kids with 17, 18, 16. Uh, we are in a different era, and all of that is basically moved by data science or, or AI that is in the background of those uh, companies. Facebook owns Instagram and, and WhatsApp, for example, and Oculus uh, Rift. So I, I, I'm not making fun, but I think I would be doing uh, more science communication right now through the, the tools that we have. Uh, in terms of uh, media like YouTube, like I, I'm doing a lot of podcasts. That's something that, or even video casts with you right now. That's something that I want to do more because I think, and I, I two years ago, if you asked me about podcasts, I would say, mm, I don't think this is going to be something big. And now that everybody's staying home and you have Netflix to watch movies, you have all of those streaming things, but you have audio audiobooks that you can listen the books right now. So I'm listening like two uh, one book in two days. So uh, the thing the information is is getting to us faster and faster. So I'd say uh, do more, communicate more what I've done to the general public, because I see influencers uh, talking about uh, things that are not very important and getting a lot of money. And I think there are several things that are very important for humanity that could be spread around in, in, in those platforms that nobody does, you know? 
because they don't have yeah, sponsors I, sometimes. Yeah, I, I certainly agree that you can definitely share your your knowledge and, and the impact that you're doing with others and encourage you to do so. Hopefully this conversation, uh, along with others that you've been having, having will, will spark that. Uh, really appreciate your time, Fabrizio. And I'm not, I'm not, just one, one parenthesis. I'm not telling everybody to become an influencer on Instagram. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that you can use those tools in a better way to communicate things that are not fake, they are important, and they, they can impact people's life in terms of like science or technology or anything, right? Not just advertise a clothes or a shoes or whatever. That's it. Certainly, certainly. And again, thank you so much for your time. It's, it's been oh, uh, really enjoyable. If you can share a final takeaway and a way for people to be in touch with you or to follow up with your current projects, yes, I, I think yes. that would be great. Yes, you can follow. I have a personal and professional website. It's www.genomicenterprise.com. Uh, my blog is genomicenterprise slash blog. And I have my LinkedIn profile. If you, you, you can find me as Fabrizio F, a short for Falcone, Italianish, Costa, Fabrizio F. Costa. So it's in uh, slash Fabricio F. Costa. Yeah, I think. Well, and I have the Twitter too, F. Falcone, with an I in the end. I don't have Facebook page. I don't have an Instagram page. I don't have the, uh, TikTok or even uh, Snapshot. I, I get, got out of those. I had to use WhatsApp. I, I got out of those social medias uh, some years ago. Phenomenal. And, and what's a, a final message you'd like to share? Be curious, always. Uh, be, uh, have greed, right? Not greed, but greed. In anything that you do, that you, you will be su successful. And one message that I'm going to tell you that also comes from my dad sometimes, is in the worst case scenarios, the best solutions or the best ideas evolve or come sometimes. And we are living in, in a terrible situation right now. It's getting better, but you see a lot of interesting things coming out, especially in technology because of that. Definitely. Once again, thank you so much for your time, and I really look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Always a Thanks for attending the business podcast, and stay tuned for more episodes.